Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. Emily Lauren Dick is a body image expert who is committed to making girls feel comfortable in their own skin. Her book, Body Positive, A Guide to Loving Your Body, is the number one resource for young adult women who desire to redefine and understand true beauty. Emily holds an honors Bachelor of Arts degree in women's studies and sociology from Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Ontario. She believes that educating young people about body image, teaching resiliency, and normalizing real bodies is critical in combating negative thinking and improving self-esteem. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight to discuss Body Positive, A Guide to Loving Your Body. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There's so much to discuss about this book, but the first question I have is about the photography because there are so many women that you profile in here, women with scars and stretch marks and in wheelchairs and all different sizes and races and hair colors. (laughs) I mean, you've, okay. And mastectomy. Okay. How did you find the women you profiled? Tell me about the photography because that could be a book, just the pictures. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So the photography was the hardest part actually about writing this book was because finding people who are willing to pose basically in their underwear was really challenging to do. So it took me a few years, you know, not one person came from the same place. You know, sometimes it was just through networking. I connected with a couple different like great organizations like Drama Way that has a bunch of different performers with different disabilities. Some people just heard about it through social media. I had people fly in to get photographed, but it was a slow start in the, in the beginning stages. And I would just go on message boards and sort of post because I was really looking for a diverse array of, of women to photograph for the book. So did you do the photography yourself? Oh my gosh. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you. Wait, so how did you become a body image, body positivity expert, body image expert? What does that mean? (laughs) How did we end up on the Zoom together? How did you get here? (laughs) So I took women's studies in university and that sort of like opened my eyes to all these things about body image. And I really wanted to make this information accessible to people who didn't go to university for women's studies and and learn about why the world works the way it does. So I had this idea shortly out of school and I, you know, I was thinking, do I create a magazine? Do I write a book? How can I get this information out? And I really wanted that visual aspect to the book. Like, how do we make people also see this body positivity, right? And, you know, so many projects are focused on like the artistic, like black and white, you know, pictures. I wanted really like bright, real, you know, they can wear makeup if they want, you know, whatever makes them feel like they are the most 
themselves. So I literally picked up photography. I self-taught myself because this project was literally the driving force for, for everything. And I had this vision in my mind and it took many years to, to get, to get it where it needed to be, but here we are now. <laughs> wow. And so you have all these different, like it's a workbook and it's a guidebook and like, there's so much about mental health and, and like, there's so much in here. Tell me about, let's say there's somebody out there who's not feeling, wants to feel better in their bodies, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're still, how do you draw the line between body positive and like, I am comfortable with myself, but I, this is not necessarily how I want to look or like, how can I feel better? Like, where is that line? How do you know when you should just be like, okay, whatever, this is me versus like, maybe I shouldn't eat like 57 ice cream sandwiches. Or, you know what I mean? Like, where is the line? How do you know? I think really it's just having this desire to not have so much self-hatred or self-negativity. You know, I think there's something, that inner voice, you know, that inner bully that comes out and, you know, you hear you hear it often. And you kind of get tired of that that voice, that doubting yourself, that picking apart your body, that calculating calories and what you can and can't eat and you know, watching who's looking at you, thinking you're on display constantly. I think you just sort of hit a point and you're like, I don't feel like this is normal. And it's not normal, right? So the big thing for me was really to share this information about the fact that it's not normal or not, un- it's not, it's normal to feel this way, right? You know, to have these doubts, but it's not normal that we do feel that way. And there's a reason behind it, which is this whole industry of beauty and diet culture that is fed to us and interrelated in so many ways from our upbringing to, you know, schools, the media, like there's so many components and, you know, it just, this information gets recycled throughout the years and we think of it as normal, but it's not. And we need to have that knowledge to have the power to, to change something in ourselves. Wow. I love that. It's so great. So tell me about your view of the media. There's a lot in here about the media's role and how we look and feel and everything. What's your... Like, I think the media, it's one of those things that it is both good and bad. I mean, it's great because we can share information. We can connect with each other on so many different levels. But at the same time, we have to have the knowledge to be conscious curators of what we are you know, absorbing from the media. It's very easy for these major institutions and these diet companies and things to get to us because they're so powerful. They have so much money. So we need to be aware of this so that we can consciously make sure that we are surrounding ourselves with things that make us feel good about who we are and our bodies. So like one of the things I talk about is really making sure you consciously are following accounts that make you feel good about your body and really stop following people that, that make you question, you know, who you are and that you have to change the way you look to, to be acceptable. It's great that you tie this all in the media and, and body positivity and all the things you said to, to sort of focus also on, on teen girls and, and daughters in general. And you mentioned your daughter and not having to sort of go through the same scrutiny that you've been feeling your whole life. Yes. So what, like I have a teen daughter and a younger daughter and actually, and two sons who, you know, it's not just women, <laughs> right? This is, it could be for men as well. Like, wh- how do you convince them that they 
should feel good about their bodies when sometimes they just inherently do or sometimes they don't? Like, how do you give them the tools? You can be my parenting coach. Yeah, how do you no. give them the tools <laughs> to feel better? Like, what do you do with your daughter? Absolutely. So the thing about body negativity, it is 100% learned. It is passed on through all these subtle ways, through parents, through TV, through friends, all of these things. So we have to give them the skills to be resilient against these messages that that they're going to receive. So a couple of the things I do with my young daughter is we talk a lot about non-physical achievements, you know, normally and naturally we we say oh you're so beautiful you're so pretty we also need to tell them that they're smart and they're kind and really make sure that the majority of the emphasis goes towards the things that are not physical because they're more than their appearance right and we need to change the way that women are valued in society and that starts with our children a couple of the other things is we need to be very conscious of how we talk about our own bodies in front of them. You know, there's these really like subtle things that we hear being said, you know, little fat talk comments, you know, oh, I, do, I feel fat. I look fat in this, you know, things like that can really affect how they feel about their bodies. So even if you don't feel great wearing a bathing suit, do not let them hear that because, you know, it is one of those things that if we if we start young, they will have more resiliency towards, you know, these these type of pressures. And the other thing is, I think you got to be open and honest about what they are exposed to. You know, studies show that children as young as age three have body image issues. So these things are so embedded in everything. I mean, I know even just watching kids shows and reading kids books, sometimes I'll put cross stuff out or, you know, pause it and sit down and explain to them, you know, that what they heard wasn't, wasn't nice, you know, like destigmatizing fat, for example, because being fat is not a problematic thing. It's just in society, we come to learn that fat people are bad and there's something wrong with being fat. So we really have to teach them and really dismantle these things in, in age appropriate ways as, as they develop to, to get better and more resilient. And what about like dealing with the actual health risks, right? Cause sometimes it's as a result of, of unhealthy habits, right. That aren't good for our bodies in general. Yeah. I think the, the biggest problem is that we grow up in a society where there is moral fiber attached to food. So we come to think of there's good food and there's bad food, but really it's, it's letting them embrace their natural intuitive eating our bodies. If, if we don't restrict certain foods from ourselves, then there's less food obsession, less binging. So it's actually healthier if you just eat what you want to eat, because the more we strict ourselves from something, the more obsessed we can get and the more we will actually overeat those things. And alternatively, you can also end up getting an eating disorder if your restriction is too extreme and things like that. So I think really teaching them to have a solid, you know, idea on, on healthy eating from a young age and learning that it's not bad or good. It's just about balance. And I think that's really the important thing to give them a good basis for, for dealing with those things. I don't know though. I mean, 
<laughs> I've spent so much time trying to make sure that my kids have like a normal relationship with food. And so I never, I really, I'm so, I, I must say I am good at not talking about my body or my dissatisfaction or happiness or whatever I'm feeling about my body at that time. And I try to make up for like, you know, with most parenting things, the way like I was raised, right? Where like <laughs> it was super restricted. So they're like, can we have cookies for breakfast? And I'm like, sure. But oh. it's not like they stop eating the cookies. Like then they want cookies for, I mean, sugar is good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, of course they want now cookies instead of eggs. Yeah. You know, like, so then, so now I'm like, well, now I've just completely messed them up. I mean, of course I no, do you have, have eggs a lot of days, <laughs> but I'm like, why? I feel like I'm the only mom who's like, cupcake? Yeah, go for it. No, have and a cupcake at breakfast. Then go ruin your school day and come home normal. <laughs> that's actually like what you're doing is great because you know what? They're going to learn to respond to that food the way that, they should respond to that food. So if they notice that when they eat a lot of cookies, they don't feel as good, then maybe one cookie is better at breakfast and a little bit of eggs, you know, it, they'll find that balance in intuitively. We have the ability to, to figure out what, you know, where that balance is for, for each person. I know. I just see it. I mean, not to keep talking about my kids. I feel like (laughs) it's so different. It's so individual, right? Some people, like if I have the same rules for four kids, some kids will stop at one cookie and some kids will want four cookies. Yes. Right. So it's, and they don't care if they feel sick after, Mm -hmm. right? Like let's just say, so then what do you, I mean, you just like let that keep happening. You let that keep happening until, until they form whatever habit. I mean, it's, you know, they're still getting energy and what they need from those cookies. So you know what? It, it works, right? There's, there's nothing wrong. If they're getting a variety here and there, it's all good. All right. (laughs) Okay. Do you think it's hopeless? Like, let's say you're, you know, older in your life. Like, is there ever a point where you get too old to fix how you feel about your body? Or can you always change that? I don't, I don't think so. I think there's never an age, but I will say that it is constant battle. If you've grown up with that type of feelings, like you, you have to make a conscious effort. It's, there's no like magical cure where, you know, those feelings will disappear. You have to consciously every day, wake up and say, I'm going to be body positive. I am going to fight this feeling. I'm going to understand that when I feel bad about my body, it's because I've learned to feel bad about my body when I do a, B and C. So I think if you're committed to making those changes, you will feel better about your body. Like you, you will, but it doesn't mean that you won't have a bad body image day. Okay. I like it. I like how you're so not all or nothing. Yeah. I I feel like that's the main thing you're saying. Like there's nothing good. There's nothing bad. There's nothing set in stone. It's all like, it's that gray area, which I personally have a harder time. (laughs) It is hard, but you know, like, I think there's so much like, with women, like you're told, oh, you can't, you can't ever change your mind. You can't ever, you know, change how you feel about something. And I feel like we should just be so open and accepting of progress and change and be allowed to grow. And like the way our, same way our bodies do, they grow, they expand, they contract that, you know, like we're always changing. Our bodies are always changing. So we need to be a little bit more fluid, right? So how do you feel about your body? I think today I am at the most comfortable place I think I've 
ever been with my body. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I still have bad body image days and I have to remind myself why I have those body image, bad body image days, you know, why I'm feeling pressure. And then when I can sort of dismantle it in my head, I feel better. And at the end of the day, I can also recognize that when, when I'm feeling some way, you know, is it, is it feeling or is it, you know, I'm feeling something like, am I bloated or, you know, am, am I not getting enough water or something like that? So I'm learning to listen to what my body needs and what my mind needs as well. So what's your plan now with this movement, right? You're like what you have the book. Are you taking, what are you going to do next? Like what's your, because you obviously have a strong point of view and you have a very great, you have a great product here and it's so like at the right time for this coming (laughs) out. Like what are you thinking? I mean, all these great quotes are, I'm like flipping through this at the same time. I mean, it's, it's great. It's really great. Thank you. I have a couple things on the go next. I am working on a book for younger children, sort of to talk about some of these things. So stay tuned for that. But I also just joined up with an organization called Live Life Unfiltered, and we're going to be launching a new campaign and some activism starting in Canada, but we are really going to focus on sort of like really amplifying the message that we need to see unfiltered on, on the media, you know, whether it's social or traditional media. So over the next couple months, there'll be some things coming out that we're going to be doing. And hopefully some of it will be a little bit political and some of it will be, you know, just about really creating a safe, encouraging space online for, for people to just be free to be who they are. That's great. Did you happen to see, by the way, it just came out today in the New York Times. I don't know if you even read the New York Times, but there was a huge thing on Polina Poroskova, the old model, and how okay. she doesn't use filters. And she's been getting some heat, mostly for ageism, not, but it's aging is a form of like body positivity yes, too. Yes, absolutely. Right? How you're how you're coping with aging. And she sort of joked in the article that she didn't even know you could put filters on. And if she knew, maybe she would have used them. (laughs) But she said most of the negative comments come from other women. Yes. Yeah. So there's this theory, which is sort of the theory that opened my eyes all to this. And it's called the male gaze theory. So it's this idea that women are objects of heterosexual male desire, right? And as we internalize this message that we are objects, we learn to self-survey, And we judge ourselves, we judge others around us because of how we feel about ourselves, like we're being watched, right? So we're very conscious as women of what other women are doing because, you know, we are watching ourselves. So women are especially hard on each other. And I think it's just another way to really reinforce this, these, you know, institutions that prey on our insecurities. Because if we can't band together, if we can't come together and be accepting of each other, they keep us separate. They keep us segregated from each other, from questioning why we do the things we do, why we follow blindly, why we shave off all our hair and, you know, why we put on makeup each morning and things like that. But one of the things I talk about in my book too is, you know, You can want to change these things. You can want the world to be more accepting and you want women to have the choice of whether it's acceptable to shave their legs or not, for example. But we also can't feel guilty 
for participating in the things we've learned, you know, that that doesn't help the the matter any more than it would if, you know, we just left things the way it was. So I think it's really important to know that we shouldn't feel guilty for, you know, participating in in things like dieting, right? You know, it's not the dieters that I have a problem with. It's the diet culture. It's the it's what they're the message they're sending. Excellent. So if you had any advice for somebody who is struggling with how they feel in their bodies and wants to feel better about their body, what would you say? I would say educate yourself as much as you can on sort of the reasons why, because knowing the reason why really empowers you to look at the reason why you feel the way you do. And when you can recognize that, you can begin to challenge some of these expectations that you have for yourself and say, well, I don't really need to do this. I'm doing this because I've been told that this is acceptable. Is it hurting anyone? Is it is it harmful if I don't want to participate in those things? What would I say to my daughter? What would I say to my friend? You know, because we're always harder on ourselves than we are to other people. And I think just making sure that you consciously follow people or surround yourself with people that lift you up and make you feel good about yourselves. I love that. That's great advice. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm leaving this on my daughter's desk today when she gets back from school. And it's a great conversation starter regardless. So we can be having the conversations and not just show, but also, you know, do these exercises together. And it's really great. So, and probably great for me too. I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much. Thanks for the book. And thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.